Hey, I'm Amanda. And I'm Rebecca. This is Thoughts from Our 30s. The weekly podcast where you catch up with two besties navigating the highs and lows of the big 3-0. You'll find me with a glass of wine and Amanda will have a tea, but you can bring whatever you'd like to this conversation. So cozy up because Rebecca, we've got a lot of thoughts. us like how should we start this five minutes this time what happens this time we just chatted about so many things before we started whereas i we feel do like this every time yeah like i feel like last time we just we just got into it you know i feel like i should not speak to you until we're going um so scotty and i've been watching a lot of survivor and we're like oh they're not allowed to speak to each other like until they walk from tribal to camp i'm and sorry I-, I need to pause this what <laughs> episode or season are they on for survivor so we've been watching all the old ones Like it has literally got us through quarantine, but the only issue is one of the first seasons that we decided to watch, like to get into it, it was season 40 and that was (laughs) best, like the best of the best. Four zero. Four zero. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot of Jeff. This guy literally, there's no way when he took this job 20 some odd years ago, he ever thought that he'd be employed on island hopping for 20 plus years so epic so anyways i interrupted you go back yeah, to your yeah, story. yeah anyways so basically when they walk from tribal to camp they're not allowed to talk to each other because they need to have like the camera crew set up at camp so tribal is how they end the episode so you see who gets voted right off. that part yep and then it ends and then the beginning of the next episode is like everyone's reaction to it so it, you want to be like okay let's just watch the beginning of the next episode so we can see what happens <laughs> so i feel like we just need when you come in you That's go. your walk from tribal, and then and this is camp. <laughs> okay, so if we're at camp, what I have to tell you is we binge watched. Oh gosh, what's that Anna show called? I just call it Inventing Anna. Anna. Yes, Inventing Anna. Have you guys watched it? So we're pre-recording this, so this has maybe been out for a while. But yes, I watched it. What were your thoughts? Wait, can you give a little synopsis of what it is in case someone hasn't watched it? Yeah, and also I guess it's not really spoiler alert because. Um, it's based on a real story, but Inventing Anna is, I guess, a it's by Shondaland, actually. And it's a documentary slash drama, because I think a lot of it is... Uh, Drama-mentary. Oh, I like that. Um, but essentially, it's a woman who lived in New York, I guess, about 2014, 2017. Anna Delphi. Anna Delphi. And she conned people into believing she was a German heiress and... All she wanted to be was a socialite. All she wanted to have is IDF, her very own socialite society. You kill that accent. (laughs) I can't. It just takes me right back. I don't know how I feel. She was atrocious, but also really good show. Yeah. Honestly, were we talking about this on our FaceTime chat really quickly? Maybe. Yeah, probably. It was just about how people are just so impressionable and just so innocent. They just look for the good in everyone. And she honestly was almost able to get $40 million from a bank. I thought it was such an interesting, like, the whole thing, the whole time, all I kept thinking was, it's amazing what humans will ignore in order to be seen as like famous, important, knowledgeable, on top of our game. Like without doing much, she tricked some pretty powerful people. Yeah, she looked the part. I also think this would have been a great intro for our last episode of Being Enough. Touche. What about life, Beck? 
that is one minute binge watching television for the last week it's been great and it was like a really i don't know it's an interesting week the weather's kind of turning things are good yeah but a lot of binge watching what about you but we also just called each other today and we're like wow today is just not the one we're now sitting in um to set the scene a little bit differently for you guys because it's actually different from before we're now sitting in me and scotty's bedroom with our festoon lighting above us, a little halo light between us. Beck said it looks like we're having a seance. We're very cozy in here. We're <laughs> very cozy. And this is one episode that we have discussed about bringing to the podcast since we kind of had this whole idea. Would you like to introduce it? Yeah. So not that we're too far out of our 20s, but we can thankfully say that those are behind us. Uh, And so today's episode is diving into the things we learned in our 20s, just kind of catching base on, you know, what did we learn? What's really resonated with us and, and how is it impacting this next decade? It's time to reflect, baby. can't wait to talk about this episode also so you guys know what we're gonna do first of all i loved our this or that this or that last episode i can't wait to do another one of those editing that was so fun before we dive into this episode though i actually was at marley's the other night and i was talking to a lot of the game crew they're really young and one of them is in school right now and they have basically like a project podcast and um, she's like, it's not really a podcast. We just kind of record together and ask each other funny questions. And I was like, oh my God, I have to ask Rebecca this question. This should have been in our this or that. Would you rather have a flat chicken wing or a drumstick? Which one drumstick. are you choosing for? Your Wait, drumstick? Which one's the drumstick? Yeah, the one with the like yeah. nubby on the top. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. The one that you would like if you were to draw a clip art of a chicken wing or, or a drumstick it would probably look like that right uh, a drumstick because i don't like the little the the flat one has the two bones yeah that's hard to eat what about you this is so perfect you go the this other is, way yeah this you is go for wings anytime this is the best i would rather have the other one why because you can like i feel like it's more fall off the bone like you don't necessarily yeah, because like you break bite. the bones apart and then the meat falls through the middle. I never break the bones apart. What? How do you eat it? I like push the meat like up. Sorry if you're a vegetarian listening yeah. to this. You're probably like, this isn't the one. But Sorry. anyways, I had to ask you that, this or that. I'm now thinking about you trying to eat a flat chicken wing. <laughs> so on that, what did you learn in your 20s? <laughs> I learned how many chicken wings I can eat in one sitting and that's called a segue. <laughs> Okay, so for this episode, we're going to go shot for shot. Beck and I are going to go back and forth on the lessons that we learned in our 20s. We're going to have an opportunity to chat about it. And I'm also going to throw a question in our Facebook group, I think, Rebecca, just being like, what did you guys learn in your 20s? So if there's some one topic that's blaring for you, please go and comment. All you have to do is look up Thoughts from Our 30s on Facebook. But I'm going to let you, you start, Beck, because I feel like I'm a bit of a motor mouth today. I don't even know where to start. This was a really fun, like thinking about it. So many things just came kind of flying to the surface. And I was, you know, there's obviously pockets you can dive in on, right? So you can talk about work, relationships, whatever, but really looking at it from a holistic perspective. Um, one of the first things that actually really jumped out for me was realizing that I'm not invincible. And what I mean by that was like, if I think back to my early university years, like I ate whatever I wanted. I drank all the time, had a good time, 
you know, yeah, we'd exercise and work out, but I just really wasn't mindful. And as I got older, I realized that I needed to really care for my body if I wanted it to last. Um, and then in general, like I just need to be mindful of myself, my health and my well-being. It's a painful one to learn, but it, it obviously is going to have a huge impact on the next multiple decades. Yeah, that's so true. This is tough for me because I was a varsity athlete through a big chunk of my 20s. So a lot of that was like people telling me what to do and like doing those things of working out and everything. And and I look back on that and there's a ton of baggage that comes with that as well. But do you think when you when you're thinking of finding that balance of working out and taking care of yourself, do you think that you were just too busy, like trying to prioritize other people's time and things like that? Because I feel like once you come home and home in yourself and you realize you just really need some alone time, that feels quote unquote selfish, but it's actually selfless. Like you're just kind of refilling your cup. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with that part for sure. Um, But I would say the part for me, the invincibility and kind of figuring it out wasn't so much of prioritizing other people's time, but um, just not caring because you didn't have to care, right? It was like... You know, when you're a teenager, you can do whatever you want and it doesn't matter. And um, it really was kind of coming to this place of, you know, I'll give you an example is like today, I know that when I exercise, I have to get a massage and foam roll and stretch. And those are all things that I didn't have to do before. And it's really just taking that time to, to appreciate and rather than judge my body for what it can and can't do these days, just acknowledging that all of the things I did before actually were just unfair to my well-being and now I'm giving myself what I really deserved the whole time I like that Tuesday nights I'm now playing pickup volleyball with gals that I used to play with awesome awesome ladies I love it it's so fun but literally the other night I was like Scott I need you to rub my shoulders and not just because I was trying to sneak a like sneaky massage in there but because I was genuinely like oh my gosh, your girl needs to warm up and cool down. And you know what you don't do when you do pickup intramurals? Any of that. No, you just show up and start playing. Yeah, it's awful. After years of not hitting a volleyball, you just show up and smack it around for a bit. Yeah. Not good. Yeah, my mind's in a different place than my body is, that's for sure. (laughs) 100%. Okay, I really liked that one. I'm going to dive into a different topic. Um, Both of us have our lists here. But before I say mine, I'm just curious, where did you write your list? Did you have just little things come up during the day when we were talking about it? Or did you take time to write it? Paint the picture of this mindset. I put mine on my OneNote. I put everything on OneNote. So I have a tab and I just kept recording things as they came up. So throughout the week, as I was thinking about it, I would add stuff to it. I love that. I love that yours is on a computer and mine's on a notepad. Which is so opposite of us. I know. I feel like we should switch. (laughs) I'll read yours. You read mine. Yeah. Okay. So mine has to do with codependencies. So I can honestly say I had no idea who I was in my 20s. Literally no clue. And I kept looking for who I was in other people, whether that be people on my team, people I was in a relationship with. I just truly didn't know who I was. And if you're listening to this and you're in your 20s and you're kind of thinking, who am I? Like, I don't actually know who I am. That's a really big question. And maybe you can't even answer that in your 30s. But I just want to take a note on codependency because after exiting one of the most tumultuous relationships of my life, I realized that I was a very codependent person at the time. And that's kind of when you 
shift and become person you're with and you kind of put down the things that you love because you're just trying to be accommodating and you're living in fear of like losing that person um, without even realizing that you're losing yourself. So one of the biggest things that I learned in my 20s was to enjoy being single because there wasn't a lot of time of it. I wish I had spent more time single and to spend time alone working on myself so I could try to identify what that is. I love, I love, love, love that. Even the, it's funny. So I feel like I met Kyle pretty young, like early in my 20s. But still that process of, you know, if you can do it with a partner, amazing. If you can't, awesome too, figure it out. But I love that, like the process of really exploring yourself and really getting to know who you are outside of who you are as someone's partner. I think that this practice is so important. So we'll make a journal prompt too, back to put in the Facebook group just to basically be like this week, we're going to reflect on maybe who we are Um, because this practice continues on. Like I plan on continuing this practice until my like last breaths, you know, of who I am and and who I want to show up as in the world. A hundred percent for a couple of reasons. Like a, as humans, if we stop growing and stop trying to figure out who we are and learn about ourselves, like what's the point, right? Like we are in constant evolution and who you need to be at any given time will change, right? Like who you need to be today is different than, you know, who you were at your core 10 years ago. And it'll be different 10 years from now when you take on different identities and roles. Um, so I really like this one. Yeah. Beautiful. I want to give you an example of where this was really deeply rooted for me. So a lot of these things when I was reflecting on my 20s, a lot of them brought me back to university just because there are just so many things that happen, so many different relationships that happen, friendships, all these things. And when I was playing a varsity sport, I think this is such a unique scenario because you're coming in as a freshman often off of maybe you were the captain of your team or you were a part of a leadership role on a team that then led you to be recruited to be on a university team. So you were probably in some sort of leadership role that brought on its own characteristics of confidence and self-assurance. And then you come into a university team and you are literally bottom of the barrel baby. And not only that, but you're interacting with people that not necessarily every first year university experience has Mm -hmm. so as much as it was good in a way or could have been good I I mean it depends on your experience I think mine could have been better where you have people who are older than you and maybe looking out for you you also are exposed to things maybe too early or there's just this kind of smorgasbord higgledy-piggledy group of like all of these ages that are experiencing things you're maybe just not ready for yet. And it's a lot. It's like a lot of big personalities. And I, Beck, like I remember going to like parties with like the volleyball and it would always be like, oh, who's going out tonight? And you would never say the people. You'd be like, no, oh, it's always the team. Yeah, you'd be like volleyball's going, uh, basketball's going. Oh, I think soccer, I think men's soccer is going to go. Like that's literally how uh, how it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, which is so fun because automatically on the good side of things, you're like, I'm included. I'm a part of something. This is part of my identity. This is who I am. But I never fully identified as that. And I didn't have the confidence to stand up and know who I was yet. So when I would go to those parties or when I would just like be at events, 
I would like mirror image people. So if people were like making certain types of jokes, I would make those types of jokes. Really trying so hard. Like I think I just tried so hard. And that landed me in scenarios where I was just like deeply unhappy. And I just never showed it on the surface. I was so hard. It's such a, um, it's such a powerful experience to share. Like I appreciate you being open and honest about it because I think, you know, it, it, I think in one way you assume that when someone's on a team that they wouldn't experience that. So I think it's helpful for people who don't have that experience of realizing, you know, we always think grass is always greener. And if I was part of this community, if I did have this instant team or group of people, then I wouldn't feel the way I feel. Um, but I think it's something that at our core, we all go through in different ways because that, you know, what did I learn when I stepped back is like that period of time between 15 and 25, almost 26, 27, 28, I don't know how far it goes, maybe even still is figuring out who you are. Mm -hmm. But we're so used to like our social conditioning is to be a chameleon and to identify and be put in boxes like I remember yeah. walking around because obviously this is just kind of the reflection piece of it all obviously it was a great experience you know I wouldn't change it I was so happy and grateful to be in that scenario and I remember walking around school and having my backpack on yeah. and said McMaster volleyball on the back and I just felt so proud and it made me you know square my shoulders a little bit better but at the same time I question all the time if I would have been able to figure out who I was sooner if I didn't have that, like deeply who I am. Anyways, yeah. And I I think it's an interesting, like I, you know, what would we do if we had a known sooner? Or what would you have done if things were different in any way? And in some ways, I guess my curiosity is like, but what did you achieve because you had those years of struggle? Like how much more are you able to do now because you struggled for all those years rather than if you never did, you'd never have that perspective against it. Our best friend Russell just called. I love when he calls. I know. So we asked him the same question. Maybe we can cut to his feedback. Yeah, let's throw it over to Russell's feedback. Um, We just had, how long do you think that convo was? Oh, probably close to an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, a lot of energy, a lot of life catch-ups. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, Russell is the number three to our number three, but he lives in a very different time zone. He is in Australia. So when we catch up, he's usually in the middle of work and just had so many work meetings that we are thankful that he totally dodged for our combo. Totally agree. And so now if this feels like we left off in a weird place, it's because we did. <laughs> so Russell, how do you feel? How do you feel? About, or what did you learn in your 20s? What, what did I learn in my 20s? I think the biggest thing was uh, reflecting back on my 20s is that it's the best time to make mistakes. And you keep making mistakes through your whole life, but... Yeah, the the 20s is, has a security blanket that you can fall back on more than more than anything. That there's a, a much bigger lack of responsibility. Um, there's just a time to figure out who you are, and I think the best thing um, uh, through that time frame is to to take every opportunity that you can, say yes as many times as possible, and fail from that as many times as possible, um, and succeed as many times as possible because it's going to set you up for where you're going to be in your 30s and and that's what makes it so exciting and i'm sure when i'm 40 i will probably maybe say the same thing about my 30s and but uh yeah i think that's uh, the biggest thing i'd say about my 20s 
What a cutie. You were saying when we were talking to him, you were like, you're just so handsome now, Russell. I know. He's grown up so much in the last 10 years. I miss him so much. That's sweet. It is kind of nice. Like, it is funny just thinking about the people that really last in your life. I was just going to say, like, thinking of that, actually, that's one of the things you learn in your 20s is, like, who your people are. At least we did. I mean, I don't know. That's always the case for folks. And, um... But I found you and him. Use my people. Yeah, use my people. And it doesn't matter where you are in the world, tried, tested, and true. You'll know you'll have found your forever person. And I don't know if I've said this on the podcast. I feel like I did in one episode, but literally like you guys are my soulmates. And I don't believe that you have to have an intimate relationship to have a soulmate. Truly feel like soulmates come in so many different forms. I agree. I see you. I think it's you next. Yeah, what's my next uh, thing I learned in my 20s? I think this one's really interesting. This one actually I really struggled with, which was the idea that when you can forgive someone without making what they did okay. So I think I really, um, you know, kind of believed that when something went wrong with somebody, you either like stay angry or you forgive them and move on. And I really, you know, through a few different journeys in my 20s, learned that you can forgive someone and make peace with yourself Um, in difficult times with another person but that doesn't mean that what they did is okay or that you have to carry on with the relationship with them but it is possible to forgive without kind of being besties again does that make sense yeah do you have like an example that without names or anything but do you have that you really feel roots this one yeah I I had a situation um, where I had some pretty hurtful things said to me and for a long time I really held on to it Um, as being upsetting and I just couldn't forgive and I couldn't let go and so instead I would just ruminate and what I found over time was that I just ended up angry and upset and causing myself to relive the experience but I couldn't fathom the idea of forgiveness because forgiveness to me meant saying what you did was okay and so I really had to kind of step back and through my 20s um, and I feel like this kept showing up for me as something for me to really learn was when I step back, you can forgive someone, realizing that, you know, there's a saying of like hurt people hurt people, like realizing that people have their own things going on 99.9999% of the time. When someone hurts us, it's not that they're actually trying to harm us. It's their own pain coming out. Um, So you can forgive that person for their actions. But that doesn't mean that, you know, you need to move on and go back like nothing ever happened but just that you can give that release I saw a quote on I don't know how I ended up on this because I'm never on Twitter but I saw Taylor Swift was trending and I was like oh what's happening with Taylor and then I was going through the feed and I was just reading these different things and there's this one quote that you can often people think that you have to like forgive and forget to move on yes but she was like you can not do either of those things and still move on and I thought that was interesting like I think it is better to kind of release it to take it off your shoulders as being like this is a you thing not a me thing but that takes a lot of self-awareness it does I think the way like for me what changed my frame of mind was the acknowledgement that we don't you know I saw somewhere else and maybe this is another thing I learned but that we will be a villain in someone's story yeah all of us I saw a TikTok about that where it's like in someone's story you're the hero Someone's story, you're the villain. Someone's story, you're the love lost. Someone's story, you're the love 
you're all the things. And so it's like if when you take that perspective and it's like, well, if I've been a villain in someone's story, I never intended to be the villain. Like I wasn't trying to hurt them. And if I if I was trying to hurt them, then it was really coming from my own stuff, not about them. Mm-hmm. And when you put yourself in that place, then you realize or I realize, I should say, that it is easier to forgive because it's realizing that like if well, I'm the villain in someone's story and I never intended to be hurtful or harmful, then surely the person that was hurtful or harmful to me also didn't intend to. It's, it's just human condition. It's human nature. So that gave me space to be able to forgive. And the forgiveness releases a lot. Yeah. I like half agree with it because I've, I've definitely been in scenarios where I know people do things that wanted to hurt me. But I do know now reflecting back that that was way more about them. Like it was all about them and not on me. Um, But I think what's really helped is just like putting those people down, which I actually think segues really nicely into my next one where it's not to invest time in friendships that don't make life easy. Like people who come into your life that make life really hard, it's often not worth it. And I said, AKA, um, constantly in your 20s if you're listening to this and you're in your 20s right now or you're honestly anytime register how people make you feel and constantly evaluate that that is one of the most important things you can do when evaluating whether a relationship is worth it or not and then I also put kind of like in that is that you don't want to be investing a lot of energy into people that aren't your people like the people that make things hard the people that you hear saying bad things about you behind your back the people that you know, carry a status because they think that they're above you. Like I would lend even just the people who leave you feeling energy sucked. Yeah. Like when you walk away and you're like, my energy feels low. Those are the same thing. And it's not even necessarily maybe to your point, like they might be someone else's people, but they don't have to be your people. That is the biggest lesson. Cause I remember trying to fit into some of these boxes Oftentimes it's so situational, right? If we were in a room and there were tons of people around, but it was just you and I, I I would know that I just wouldn't need to fit into anyone else's box. But if you're feeling alone and you don't know everyone in that room, you're trying to find your tribe. And in that trying, it can be so exhausting. But the ones, again, who, yeah, exhaust you, they're not your people. Move on, meet new ones, and just keep the search going. It's so interesting, I think, to realize that we all go through this experience. So much easier said than done. Yeah. And it's like we feel like we're the only ones going through it and realizing that this is the human condition. Like you will feel alone. You will feel like you're trying to find your place to fit in. You will at some point step back and realize all the ways that you sacrificed yourself to fit in. I don't think anyone is immune to that the earlier you can learn it the better but I think in some ways you'll probably always be learning it right like you'll always have renditions of this experience agreed I would say so yeah the other one for me really big one that I wanted to cover when I was thinking about this is really for me in my 20s a really big time of learning about my privilege and my power and becoming really aware because up until 20 you don't even into my 20s I fortunately, I realize I'm extremely privileged to say this, but it wasn't super often that I would realize the privilege and power that I had and that I didn't have. 
And it is in your 20s where you start to see that. So as a female where I started to see that there were things that I felt like I had to work harder at or didn't get because I was a female. And equally, the opportunity to step back and see all of the privilege and power that I hold, particularly like as a cisgendered person, as um, a Caucasian woman, like there's a lot of power that I have that I didn't really have context to. And, and I do appreciate that that's an extremely privileged place that I lived lived yeah like that gray area of unawareness yeah you're like that was actually that was the privilege right there that was it and I feel like we're talking about this more now though it's just it's so important because I I I have so much to learn but it is really powerful to for the last decade to see how much work there is to be done and how much of an active role I have to take in learning and growing and bringing other people up around me. Um, and that realizing was that along the step of the way, no one's perfect and you're not going to be perfect. The idea is just to be open to learning and call in culture if it so happens. Yeah, it's um, it's been really big. Like I, I'm glad that we're having these conversations, especially because I do look back and say like, wow, we were lucky very very lucky and the thing that I've I've always been aware of is like being born is a lottery like nobody chooses where they're born what they're born into so I I won the lottery and now it's my my time my opportunity um, and really I think my responsibility to look around and learn as much as I can and to create space and step back to make space for people to really shine and show their skills Okay, so my next one is trust your gut. And I know this sounds so cliche, but I have a very, very, very specific example. I don't know if we've ever even talked about this or this would have been a long time ago. So it was when you met me. You had a gut feeling I was that like, I was your person. Damn, that girl's going to be my best friend. <laughs> okay, so trust your gut. And... This is on the theme of action and awareness is much more valuable than fear. So I was in Las Vegas and my boyfriend at the time, he was doing his MBA and they were actually going on a Las Vegas trip. I was currently in undergrad and decided to join the trip, obviously, but because they were planning this trip through their MBA program, they were all flying together and everything like that. And I had passes um, with my dad because he's a pilot on Air Canada. So I was like, no problem. I'll hop on a flight. I actually end up getting to Vegas a couple hours early. Great. So I get a cab, all this stuff, get to the hotel and I've got my bag, but I can't check into my room yet because obviously my boyfriend at the time, it was like under his name and all this stuff. So I had to wait for him to get there anyways. I think I was there too early to check in anyways. The details that do not matter. (laughs) You're taking us there. Yeah. So I'm in this hotel in Vegas. There's a lot going on, as you can imagine. And this man runs up to me and he's in an absolute frazzle. Now picture this. Amanda looks very innocent, 21 years old. I'm in Vegas, baby. I'm 21. I'm ready to party. And I'm by myself. And I I imagine I looked like I was by myself. And this man walks up to me and he's an absolute frazzle. And he's like, oh my gosh, ma'am, like, I really need your help. These people, they're like chasing me. I just need someone to look out for me. Like, um, if you can like cover me, I will you come outside with me? I just want to make sure that I can like get safe. Will you come outside with me? 
And immediately my spidey senses, and I hadn't done a lot of solo, like I hadn't done actually any solo travel before this. So I was already on high alert. Um, and immediately my spidey senses say, Amanda, this is not a moment where you're going to be nice. This takes me back to an earlier episode. Don't yeah. be nice. This is not a moment where you're going to be nice. This is a moment where you're going to choose yourself. And it would have been so easy to be like, oh my gosh, like you need help. Da, 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 da. But no, no. So I choose, I'm moving. I'm like, no, sorry. Like I cannot help you. I'm so sorry. I, I can't. Don't remember exactly how it went down. Obviously this was years ago, but I do remember I moved from place to place and this man continued to follow me. And it got to a point where I was literally like rushing through hallways. I managed to lose the sight of him and I rushed into a washroom and I had my suitcase with me and I changed my clothes and I changed my hair and I left the washroom, changed and went into a restaurant and sat in a booth and just ordered an app and just knew that that I was in a place where there were people and there were servers and everything that I could talk to if I need so needed. And later... I end up learning so much more about, and now I don't know if this was the scenario specifically, but I'm also not naive to the fact that this could have been a scenario for something like the sex trade and how so easily bad things can happen quickly. And if there's any advice that I could give any young woman specifically and young man, but, but from my experience as a young woman is to not be afraid, but to listen to your intuition and listen to what your gut is telling you sometimes because it is so much stronger and so much wiser than your heart. Even now, like I was telling Scotty about this story, even now, I was telling him about it before you came over back to record this when we were over dinner and I just started washing a dish and I could feel emotion rushing up over me and not emotion from that fear but emotion from being like, damn, I'm so proud of her. That's awesome. Yeah. Because I think, uh, I think it's so, I just lost my train of thought only because I, I think that experience is triggering probably for a lot of people, uh, myself included. And it's, yes, those moments where you've made the right decision and so awful and scary that we have to think about these things and feel this way and you know, I don't know for Scott, but I know when I tell Kyle things, you know, this type of story or these things that are happening or how we're made to feel uncomfortable, his reaction is always kind of surprised. Like, you know, like, does that really happen? And the answer is like, yes, those yeah. are real things. Have you ever been in the scenario where you see something walking towards you on the sidewalk? It's late at night. Maybe you're taking Lenny out and you cross the street. Mm-hmm. I often sometimes will have that scenario. Um, I haven't had it in a really long time, which feels really nice. Um, But I have definitely had that scenario. I used to walk to my car at 3 a.m. to go to a morning show downtown Hamilton. And I used to have this feeling of guilt. Like, oh, shoot, I hope I didn't make them feel like like they were dangerous to me. But it's like, babe, who cares? You got to protect yourself, for sure. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a reality, I think, like it unfortunately is something that we have to be hyper aware of and I think you trust your gut in this story absolutely and anytime that you feel uncomfortable like better to trust your gut and be wrong in those situations and trust your gut or then to ignore your gut and have that have been the wrong decision um 
but I also like that in general just for anything is like yeah that was like such an intense example that was a really intense example I'm <laughs> now remembering to breathe um but but I always trust your gut yeah your gut knows yeah and, and you forget about these things too like that was obviously a really impactful memory but I'd forgot about it yeah like it was a here and then the gone and it wasn't until we really did this exercise that I was like oh my gosh so that was the first one that I wrote down and I kind of forgot how how much just something can can impact your little psyche and get buried back there and how much you can surprise yourself too right yeah. like I love that you felt proud and excited by yourself like yeah. I think that's really cool. I very much look at look at versions of myself and we're going to talk about this in another one of mine as like different people. And I really think that we should start thinking about it that way because we are different people. Our cells regenerate fully in a year. You're quite literally a physical a whole different, different person. person. That explains um, so much. It's amazing. Do you have a lighter one? I do. This is actually my last one, which is just literally to be light, to have fun in life. Like I spent so much of my 20s worried about where I was what I had accomplished what job I had had I hit all these milestones um, everything felt like such a big decision and it's realizing that like the time will pass anyway and life is about having fun and enjoying it and making the most of it um, that's been one I've had the opportunity to work with young professionals in the workforce for the last few years and it's like the biggest one I can stress is like, while everything feels like the most crucial decision, it isn't. And I say that to myself now, even of like, it's, this is going to continue to happen. Like life evolves. Am I going to be stressed about this in five years? Right. If the answer is no. Let's put down the stress. Just, just forget about it. Solutions. Yeah. I love that. Just come with solutions. I think earlier you said, I don't, I don't want problems. I want solutions. I hate when you come to someone with a problem and then they start spitballing like what else could go wrong. And it's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I need solutions, not problems. When you That's have solutions, come to me. Also funny. Cause I hate when I bring someone something and I hate when they go right to solutions. I'm like, I just, <laughs> I just want someone to feel this with me. I don't want your solutions. Oh. I'll solution. Yeah, I guess I mean, I feel like there's very specific scenarios for both. True story. Yeah, true story. Okay, so I have a couple more here, but I know that they would definitely like we could we could spitball on these. So Rebecca, did you know that it is okay to not know what you want to do for the rest of your life in your 20s? And yes. Timelines are a social construct. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's along those ideas of like, just have fun. Like, you're never going to know. You'll be 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. You'll never know. There's there's always an evolution of who you are and what you want to do. So those fun times that you're talking about, can you, right off the top of your head, I've not prepped you for this, can you bring us to a memory where you just remember having the time of your life? Not the night that you studied and went to bed early, but a night that you just, you actually were like, this is me living such an authentic moment. I'm going to remember forever. I actually, so I have a funny one that has just come to me because of the studying part. I remember we had an exam the next day. It was in university. And Russell called. It was always Russell causing trouble. Russell, Russell. called and asked me to come out with him. And he was, we were in Hamilton and he was in downtown Toronto. And I remember thinking like, oh, you know, I have to study. I can. I have an exam tomorrow. For reference, Hamilton to Toronto depends on the type of transit you take, but it could be anywhere from... 35 minutes to an hour to get there. Thankfully, it was 35 minutes this night. I decided that I knew everything I could know for the exam. The exam wasn't until later on the next day. So as long as I got back 
I would be fine. And I drove out to the city and we went out and had just such a fun night. And it was like, yeah, the exam came and it passed. And I don't remember the exam. I don't remember the course. All I remember is the night before driving there thinking, am I nuts? And the answer is yes, but it was so worth it. What about you? Do you have one of those moments? Oh, I love that so much. I actually didn't have one like off the top of my head. I just like, I think my favorite moments were getting ready. I think a lot of us um, can definitely echo this as well. It was never about getting to the club and like having drinks and like talking to boys or anything. I mean, that was a lot of fun when I'm screaming and there's buzzing in my ear for the entire day the next day. But it was truly the getting ready. And we laugh often because we have so many memories where I would literally, we would have a house party at our house. You and I would get ready. We would have so much fun. And then we would fall asleep after. True story. We have slept through multiple house parties. Yeah. In your house. Like just got ready and then went to bed before everybody arrived. Yeah. Oftentimes it was like the simple times, like saying yes to the pub night out, saying yes to ordering the frickles. Just order the frickles. Especially when they're half price. Those are deep fried pickles for anyone that doesn't know. Half price on Wednesdays? Who knows? Sundays. Okay. (laughs) Of course you still know. Oh, I love that so much. But yeah, guys, like timelines are such a social construct. Who cares? Someone in your timeline on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you're at is going to be getting married. Someone's going to be having a baby. Someone's going to be graduating this. Someone's going to be getting an award. Someone's going to be like freaking bawling over a heartache. Like you're on your own timeline. The only person that you are, I don't even want to say the word competing. The only person you are trying to evolve from is you the day before. Yes. Plus, I know so many people who have changed their majors and they're like, oh, I really wanted to graduate with my friends or I feel so behind because now I'm one year behind. Babe, life is so long. And it's it's so funny because it's like that mentality just keeps coming up, I think, too. Yes. Right? Where it's like, you know, then you go to a job and it's like, oh, well, if I start over, then I'm, uh, you know, I'm this many more years or if I take the lateral promotion versus, you know, moving up like it's we just constantly put ourselves on where is everyone else and therefore I should be there but it doesn't matter mm-hmm. because our lives aren't on a set timeline either right and that's maybe hard to hear but at the end of the day like there's not a guaranteed amount of time you're here so your journey along that time doesn't really matter Four thousand weeks baby fingers crossed yeah hopefully that's a call back from last week if you were there it is that uh Raise that book is in the show notes from last week if you're interested <laughs> okay so my last one and many of us have been through it if you haven't been through this don't worry hopefully your time's not coming but you know it may come up in any any area of life heartbreak doesn't actually kill you even though it feels sometimes like it might the time will pass anyway. Yeah. Is there a moment that you can like reflect back on Beck in your 20s or just a feeling of a younger version of you that you just wish you could wrap your arms around her, but you found like a coping mechanism to get through heartbreak? Oh my gosh, yes. I love, actually, I've, I get a kick out of reading my old diaries. You have a diary. Oh my gosh, yeah, I have diaries. <gasps> you know this. I love. Can writing. we have a segment where we just read a page Absolutely of your diary? Not. <laughs> but what I love is how sure she was that every heartbreak was like the end, 
and that every love was like the love because what I what I love in that like as I think to my early relationships is you pour your whole heart into it mm-hmm. you put everything into it and you aren't at the place yet where you know enough to con- contextualize the experience so yes I I love reading back at those and thinking like oh that poor girl thought that the world was over because of this one boy and the way he walked away and said, I don't want to share a picnic lunch with you anymore. That's not what happened, but it's, you know, it's a long story. But, um, I think like when I, when I look at her, I think like, I don't, I, I wouldn't even change it because I think it's important to feel those lows to then look back and say like, I got back up. Yeah, I learned so much from her. Um, I was also just mentioning this one to Scotty while we were making dinner. And he he often reflects back to high school and his friends as well talk about it. And um, high school and, and university, how he's just such a hopeless romantic. And this is what I hear from you too when you're like that feeling of just like every relationship. Same. I'm such a hopeless romantic. And the word that he used was longing, like that longing to be with someone and and to have it, we'll just go back to how it was and all this kind of thing. And the biggest lesson that I get from all of this is be with someone who chooses you every day, whether that be a friendship or a relationship. You don't want to be with someone who makes it extremely hard. Yes, relationships are worth a fight and you want to be with someone who wants to fight to be in it. But it should not be a war and it, it should should not be 10% on one person and 90% on another. And I want to bring up that specifically in a different podcast when we talk about relationships. But yeah, I, I reflect back on past Amanda and the number one thing that I would tell her and the number one thing that I tell any of my friends who are going through serious heartbreak is on the other side of this, oh, can't wait for you to meet her the person you're becoming is amazing you're gonna love her she's so much more sure of herself and you know it's gonna take some time she's getting here as fast as she can but I guarantee it you're gonna love her and I love I just love when we go through those moments and heart any hardship in life but especially heartbreak like we just learn the depths of what we can feel and what we're capable of. Like to feel that level of heartbreak and hurt and sadness is to know the other side of it, right? Like yeah. you, it's so cool to understand the scope of human experience. Like we can love so big and the result of that is like we can hurt so much. Yeah. But if you never love big, you would never hurt so much. So that's a very positive. If someone's in the middle of a heartbreak, they're like, okay, Rebecca. They're not inviting me to the party. But, <laughs> but no, that's a great positive spin. I That's a that's a really cool way of putting it because um, when I was reflecting on this one specifically, as cliche as it seems, I mean, a lot of us go through it. I remember being so heartbroken. I could feel it in my chest. Mm-hmm. And it was like the point where 25, I mean, literally no pity on me I'm so glad I had this experience now looking back but I cried every single day when I was 25 and I would never allow myself to get there again because I'm more sure of myself less codependent I went to therapy great times guys but 
yeah, you're right. The scope of human emotion is so interesting. And it's funny because I think you you may feel, I mean, I hope you don't, obviously, but you may feel extreme heartbreak, extreme sadness again in life, but it'll be different because it's caused by a different thing, right? Yeah. Like the heartache you felt cognitively now, you can probably say was linked to kind of your experiences and your understanding of the relationship, which would now be different than experiences that you have in sadness. But it's like we learn so much in those moments. And yes, I do sound like a glass half full type person. But I I just think it's important to take that reflection of all of the hard things we go through allows us to see what's beautiful and great. And maybe if you're in the middle of it right now, too. And don't listen to me. And this doesn't feel like it'll ever be possible. Guys, we've been there. Seriously, I've been there. Sadness was my comfort zone. Like crying was my comfort zone. I was like, you know what? This feels good. So I'm just going to keep doing it. But I I recommend that you write yourself a letter and you write a couple of the things that Beck has just said, because when you read it later, it, it just might make a lot more sense, you know, and this is from two agony ants in their thirties. We are so ready to answer your relationship questions of the future. Um, and I really think we should have a heartbreak hotel episode where, you know, we all just go through it together. I actually had one last one. But I'm going to save my big story from this one for another episode because I think we would love to do this episode. And my dream is that we actually do it on location. Anywhere. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Travel. Yes, it is travel. Don't wait. Do not wait. Travel. And if you can, if you are able, if you have the means, take a solo trip. I have totally agree. I learned so much about myself and empowered myself so much as when I took a solo trip. And um, we will definitely be talking about travel, solo adventure, and finding ourselves in the strangest places in a future episode. The strangest and the best. The best. And look forward to it. Okay, so shall we have a quick lightning round of a couple of just fun things that we learned in our 20s? Yes. Like wear comfortable shoes. Sometimes- oh my god, I was actually just going to say that. Were you really? I was going to say do not go to the bar in the biggest heels you have. One time Rebecca and I went downtown Toronto. We went to the bar. We wore comfortable shoes. I've never been complimented so much by men in my life. I think you covered this in a recent episode. I just really need you guys to wear comfortable shoes. <laughs> okay, my next one was before going out create a plan. This is like a tip from a bigger sister. Okay. If I had a big sister, I would hope she would hand this down. So create a plan. How many drinks are you going to have? How many drinks make sense for you? You know, who are you going to be hanging out with? Maybe who are you going home with? Have just like a mental agenda. And if you stray off from the appendix, that's okay. But you've at least thought about it. The nights I got into trouble, Rebecca, were the nights that I had no plan. I can't even comment. I never had a plan. The nights you got in trouble, Rebecca. was <laughs> every time I went out because I never had a plan. Yeah. So Don't have a plan. a plan. Just live life. Live life, laugh, love. Balanced with trust your gut, use your instincts, yada, yada, all the good things. But like have fun. Be wild. Dance your heart out. Don't care what anyone else thinks. Wear whatever you want. Own it. Do not put ketchup in your craft dinner. Oh my gosh, no, that is like a personal choice that people make, Rebecca. Don't do it. I love it. Just don't There's do two it. types of people in the world. <laughs> Frank's Buffalo, different story. Ketchup, don't do it. Journal your first day of milestone moments. If you're not a huge journal person, at least journal this day. 
I still look back to my journal entry from my first day of university and I just love her. Green apple vodka was my first shot of university, guys. And then you met me and it all went downhill from there. And I never had green apple vodka again. <laughs> no. So it's funny on this one, we were talking about this with Russell earlier today, but uh, when we were leaving university, we wrote on a napkin what we thought was going to happen in our lives. Specifically, we were on Augusta Street, sitting outside of the Augusta house with a giant pitcher of sangria, sharing it outside on the patio. True story. And all we had was a napkin to write on. And Carry so on, I, Rebecca. I don't know if the, I'm not sure if the message here is don't predict your future on the napkin because you'll be entirely wrong or do it so that you can laugh afterwards at how horribly wrong you were with where you thought things were going to go. We laugh so much about that napkin. We'll often bring it up and I honestly reflect I'm so grateful for it because I feel like it's bonded us for so long. We'll be like, was the napkin right? Who had kids first? Who bought a house? Who moved to the city? Spoiler alert. The napkin is very wrong. Very wrong. Don't mix liquor, wine, and beer. Stick to one. Keep it clean. Don't gossip. Honestly, gossip is cheap. That's a good one. Yeah, gossip is cheap. As soon as you see someone or you're hanging out with, with someone who is constantly gossiping, that person's insecure and they need to go do some inside work. Don't fall into the trap. I would say wear the bikini or the shorts, whatever your thing is. Just wear them. Own it. Because one day you'll realize, you'll look back in photos and realize like that was the best version of you and you'll regret it. When you walk into a room and you feel really uncomfortable and you don't want to say hi, say hi because everyone else, I almost guarantee, standing in that room is also uncomfortable. Be the person that says hi. I could use that one. I'm an introvert. I don't say hi to anybody. I'll work on that one. Don't cut your own hair. Don't cut your own hair. Unless you're a talented stylist, but do not cut your own hair. YouTube tutorials are not sufficient enough. Have a best friend that's willing to climb onto the roof and break into your house. So one time I left my... I was going to say, that's a story for another time. Yeah, one time I locked my keys in my bedroom. Student house, lots of locks on doors. And Amanda climbed onto my roof, into my window to get me in while I was bawling my eyes out. Let's be clear, I climbed up my 6'6 boyfriend onto your roof. True, but I didn't want to make Broke the, into your room. I didn't want to make the learning date someone who's 6'6 so they can help your friends break in. So my advice is just find a friend who's willing to break into windows for you. That's one of my favorite memories. To all the wacky adventures. Cause you never know what you're gonna find. And you never know who you're gonna find. Thanks for finding us guys. I love you. I love you too. And for today's question to ponder. We couldn't end this one without a question to ponder. So this one is going to be pretty simple. What's the biggest learning you've taken out of the last decade? No matter what decade you're in. See you next week, guys. Ciao. Thanks for listening to Thoughts from Our 30s. Thoughts from Our 30s is brought to you by We Did It Podcast, which is what you can follow us on Instagram at We Did It Podcast. For another episode, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast to hear more from your online besties. For now, we'll leave you with that thought to ponder and we'll see you next week.